0: Hello, 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 and welcome. This, my friends, is the Inspire the Vibe podcast, a place to discover and share the compelling and unique stories of business owners like you. Each week, we discuss ways you can build a brand you're proud of, communicate clearly, and grow your business. Our hope is by the end of every episode that you'll feel inspired and encouraged to reach for the stars with your business. This week, we sit down with Leroy Davis and Ryan McNeil, the CEO and COO of A Path of Resilience Behavioral Health Services. Leroy and Ryan both took difficult situations in their own lives and turned it into a business where they can now lead others who've lost hope to find it. They'll share their incredibly unique story of their friendship and partnership, and as mental health professionals, we wondered, how do they take care of their own mental health while running a successful business? You're not gonna wanna miss their answer. Please be advised, in this episode, sensitive subjects like suicide and drug addiction are discussed. Now, here are your hosts Inspired co-founders, Amber and Kristen.
1: Gentlemen, welcome to the Inspire the Vibe podcast. Very excited that you're here, both here today. And we had an initial discussion about the uniqueness of your partnership, but this process led us to understand a little bit more about what you do as an organization. And so it's inspiring in what you guys do, especially in your approach. So first off, tell us a little bit about A Path of Resilience. And why did you decide to open something that focuses on mental health?
2: I'll start there. Um, originally, I was working at a big agency that deals with mental health all across Arizona. I believe they have sites even in Japan. And the CEO at that time really took a liking to me to let me like explore whatever that I needed to do to provide services for you know, the clientele. Uh, myself I've been working in this field for you know, over 30 years at wide wide ranges but at the time when starting the path of resilience I um I had had been fired from the job and I was like okay well I can do this on my own and with that being said I got with two partners where we were going to do uh, you know open up a group home for kids and um so we I called it a path of resilience, and during that time of getting the licensing and trying to uh, connect with uh, insurances and things like that, it was very difficult to get um, on a provider lift, a list for kids. So I just switched it up and said, "Well, we'll just do adults because you know I liked working with adult, uh, with adults." Uh, I did continue to do part-time work with kids, but um, adults became the factor. Um, adults dealing with uh, mental illness and substance abuse issues, drugs and all that, where we would call them co-occurring or dual diagnosis individuals. So we started that, started out a little, out of a little house where I was renting from one of my friends and then my other two partners at that time. We, you know, we worked the shifts, we worked everything. We were the intake specialists. we were 24-hour staff. We were transportation. We were everything. It was just us three during that time. Ryan came on. He became that that very solid thing that we needed. He was very consistent as he is now. Very structured. Very like uh, boots to the ground to get everything done. Where I couldn't do all that day-to-day stuff anymore. Ryan took that and ran with it. Made it his own. Made it solid. You know our relationship formed uh, pretty close then. And it was just, it just became very structured. Uh, We've known each other for, you know, basically all our lives. I said, it started long before the business, but. Yeah, it started long before the business, but as far as the path of resilience, you know, with me and him at the beginning, me and him didn't have a partnership like that. You know, he just worked there, but with his ideas, and like I said, with his uh, structure, it, when it came around, you know, he started, he was working like 72 hours when we moved from the smaller house. It just really put his blood, sweat and tears into it. But like, it's, like he just mentioned, we've known each other uh, since we were kids.
1: There is so much to unpack there. The first one being one of my absolute favorite things in the world is everybody scrubs toilets. You know, there's this time period in a business and it's funny because as you get successful, people who've never done this before, they don't understand that you've done it all before. The only way first off you can really manage or lead or grow something is when you've done everything. And there's that time period where you're like, like everybody scrubs toilets, like the owners, like it doesn't matter what your title is or what you're getting paid. Everybody's in there making it happen. And then what's amazing is that later on in life when other people are doing it and they're going, it's hard, it can't be done. You're like, oh, no, 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 Mm-mm, no, no, uh, trust me, I did it. I know it can be done. Let's figure this out together. Ryan, when you first came into this and you're sitting, as Leroy said, you're giving your blood, sweat and tears. What about this interested you? What about this as a field? Because you both have been worked working in this field for just under three decades.
3: So for me, it started, Started um, back when I was in the military, I was overseas, um, I served in Desert Storm. So I had a lot of buddies that came home uh, with mental illness uh, because of the things that are uh, the traumas that war brings uh, and the things that you, you know, you have to endure over there and being away from your family and separation of those kind of things brought about a lot of mental illness with friends of mine. So I found myself, you know, in the middle of the field, even when I was not in behavioral health. So when I came home, when my brother them had the opportunity for me to come on, it was like, yeah, because I loved, you know, what I was doing when I wasn't doing it professionally. Um, So it became like a natural fit for me to just transition into that field. Because like I said, a lot of the people that I dealt with early on were friends of mine um, and I just wanted to help them.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's great. And if we go back into the partnership between both of you, this is where some of the good juicy stuff can always come out because it certainly can if you ask Kristen and I these exact same questions, which Mandy did recently. How does being friends for so long impact your partnership in a positive way and where are there times where it's frustrating or it's challenging but you've developed a way to sort of navigate that how has the friendship affected your partnership in a positive way and where has it been challenging first
2: he's not my friend <laughs> that, that guy right there is um my brother's keeper and i i mean that from my heart because though we have friendship ways but you know friends sometimes don't don't keep it real with you they just want to pacify you he doesn't do that to me he doesn't answer my calls sometimes because he's not dealing with me today and vice versa and um but we've known each other again like since we were kids we would see each other in different circles and environments of our lives the coolest thing as a kid for me, when I, I knew that me and him shared the same birthday, I just thought that was the coolest thing. I had never seen anybody other than Tupac that I would never meet. It, it was just an instant connection, like, that's my brother, you know what I mean? And then his aura and vibe, he was always real within the environment that he was in. And then I was, you know, real in the environment that I was in. And it just, uh, it was just something It was very organic. We both have the same attributes and characteristics that he didn't have to say it and I didn't have to say it. It just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Working with him has is, is truly been a, a blessing for me as far as being a business partner, learning different things, as far as being a father to my kids, as far, as far as being, you know, truthfulness, walking in my truth, and being truly intimate with a, another brother, meaning just sharing and being who I am and not having to put up my guards around him. I can say whatever I want to stay around him and be totally wrong, and he'll tell me, but I don't have to worry about him going and exposing whatever weakness that I exposed to him.
4: Wow. And we, we can certainly relate to all of that. And I think that's what we've learned is really the recipe of, of a good business partnership. Cause you really have to trust each other. You have to have compassion for each other. You got to respect each other. You know, you got to give each other space when it's needed and all of that, you know, and love, love, like real love. So that's really cool. I love that.
3: I wanted to speak on, on that topic as well. Um, so like he stated, Leroy is, uh, maybe a year and a half or two years older than I am. Um, And I have older, I have an older brother, but our relationship is not as close as Leroy and I. Leroy is like the big brother that will correct me when I'm wrong, will tell me, you know, bro, you're being too hard or you're being too strict or you're being too stern. Um, Because I do have a military background, so I do have that ability to be by the book, like strict, you know, this is how it goes. You need to follow the guidelines, things of that nature. But more than that, he's always wanted to see me succeed. He's always wanted to see me better. He's always wanted to help me like learn how to be better. So when there were things that I didn't know, he would show me. Um, most people won't, you know, they'll, they'll they'll let you work for them, but they won't give you the opportunity to um, chase your dreams with them. Because a lot of people have those egos where they're like, well, I'm the boss and it is what it is. And, you know, you either follow the rules or you don't. Um, and he was very open to be like, well, let's do it together. I know you got ideas, I got ideas. And it was just good to have somebody that actually really honestly and truthfully had my back. There's always something that comes along, you know, after you've known somebody 35, 40 years. And I think the fact that we have that bond is why the business is easy. It's not as complicated as it normally would be.
1: Yeah, Kristen and I, when we, I think when we are, not seeing something from the same perspective and working through it. Most people listening in would think that we're fighting or that our friendship is in trouble when in actuality, there's just a process that we go through. And I think the, if I really break it down, one of the things that probably is the secret to that sauce is just simply that I know she's not going anywhere and she knows I'm not going anywhere. There's no fear of somebody giving up on the partnership and we're both people first and we're friends first and our families come first and then we make the business decisions around there because that's what that's what allows her and I to be the best leaders of the company and to be the best partners to each other. But how do you, when you guys don't agree, you know, and it's a one versus one vote, how do you handle that situation?
3: We're very open-minded individuals. so. If there's a crossroad that we come to, because there are crossroads we've come to where he said, well, bro, we should do this. And I'm like, no, we ain't going to do that. I, I think it, it comes to a point where I'll, he'll plead his case. And I will honestly openly listen to what he's telling me. And I'll say, all right, am I thinking about this from the perspective of I want it? Or is it the best thing for the company? Is it the best thing for the both of us, not just me individually? And if if the idea is the best, then you compromise and you say, you know what? I don't want to tell you, you, I hate telling him he right, but when he's right, he's right. You know, and I have to sometimes swallow my pride and say, you know, all right, bro, you are right about that. Let's just do it that way. Um, and there are times when I'll be stern with something and he'll let me blow up and he'll be like, yep, yep. Let him do what he want to do. And when it comes back to bite me, he, he doesn't, I told you, he just was like, look, let's just do it this way now. And I'll be like, all right. So yeah, we do have those battles, but I think because we're both willing to listen to each other, because I know he has my best interest at heart. Even if I don't want to hear him at the certain that specific time, I might be upset or I wanna do it my way. I know at the end of the day, if he does step in and say, hold on, bro, you need to listen to me, that it's really for my best interest.
1: When you when you break down your partnership as far as skill sets go, do you guys have specific things that you like? Ryan, you're better at one thing and it's kind of known in the partnership and Leroy, you're better at one thing. Do you sort of um, divide roles, even though obviously a partnership is a partnership, but there do you bring different, you know, we've talked about Ryan's military background and what that brings from a strength and an organization and a consistency perspective. But are there other specific things that each of you do that say, oh no, that falls in Leroy's Decision, or that's Leroy's shop. Like that's what he does. And so, what are those? What are those differences between the two of you?
3: A lot of people get caught up on titles. Um, I've never been a person to be caught up on titles. So Leroy, every organization has to have that spokesperson, where people go to. I'm more of the boots to the ground, hands-on type of person. When it comes to the day-to-day operations, I will handle every aspect of the day-to-day grind. Um, we're both good with numbers. You know, we bounce numbers off each other on a regular basis. But as far as the contract, I can do contracts, but not like him. Um, As far as corporate structure and things of that nature, that is what he loves. I don't love it. Absolutely, there are things that when people call me, hey, I need you to, I'm like, you need to call Roy. That's his job. I don't do that. I don't even worry about it or deal with it. And it, it makes our lives, it makes my life easier when I can point people in a direction and then he knows that that is his particular role.
0: And the Roy,
1: you
3: agree with that? I do because in his role, he's thinking about
2: liability, and and in my role, I'm thinking about liability. And a lot of people don't understand liability. You two ladies, you guys are liable for the staff that you employ. You're liable for any type of mismanagements um, because when litigation comes, it comes for it comes for you two doesn't come for anybody else. And and he understands where um, that's very critical to me. And I understand that day-to-day stuff is very critical to him, which is great. We both can do what each other does, but he loves doing what he does, and I love doing what I do.
4: Would you say, Ryan, I'll ask you first, what's the most rewarding thing about being in the business that you're in?
3: Oh, I love to help people. It's not that I only love to help people. I've been given a God given talent and the ability to help people on every level. It's just extremely rewarding for me to see someone um, who's fallen, you know, get up and walk and continue to walk on their own, you know, and it could be anyone and it could be any situation. It doesn't have to necessarily be mental health or, or anything. It just, I just love to see people win. That's the most rewarding thing is to see a client come in, you know, after a relapse um, and they're, down and out, and then you walk them back to the a place where they're reunited with their family, they're employed, they're successful, they have their kids back, um, there's nothing more rewarding than to see a person uh, get back up after they've fallen down.
4: That's beautiful. And I, I'm, I'm so grateful for the work that you guys do. Is there a particular story that you want to share with everyone that really impacted you the most?
3: Yes. Kyle came to us. And Kyle was a client who had attempted um, suicide and the manner in which he did it was shocking to me because he jumped off a cliff Mm. and he survived. So when Kyle came to me, he had the brace with the straps with the pins in his head. And it was something that I was like, this is, he had the back brace on and he had everything. He wasn't mobile none of that. And Kyle basically now lives in our independent program um, and he's working, he's employed. He's been sober the entire time. And he's, I tell him all the time when I see him, Kyle, you're a miracle walking, bro, because, you know, God had a different plan for you. You know, people don't jump off of cliffs and survive. So you have to know that there was a reason for you to, and he is like a real, real success story. And he's really something that being around something in that capacity will show you the reasons why you need to keep doing what you're doing or be here.
4: That's awesome. I love that. I, I, I get so moved by just one human being walking alongside another human being. And just like you said, it's so inspiring to see um, someone who's fallen to get up and to brush themselves off and move forward. And You know, he went from jumping off a cliff to now he's got his own business. Like, oh, that's so amazing. That's very moving to me. I love that. Any more stories, Leroy? You got a story for us?
2: Um, I just have one. uh, Recently, um, there was a a young man that came to us. He had been in one of the men's houses. And then there was a young lady that had been in one of the women's houses with with her kids. They happened to go to an event and the mother and father hadn't seen any seen each other in probably about two years. And at that event, he the, I don't know who said what first, but it was like, whoa, you're in treatment with this agency? Yo, you're in treatment with this agency? And he had a chance to see his kids because he hadn't seen his kids in like two years. So with them in separate houses, working on their services, they were able to uh, reunite the family and we mm-hmm. put them in a house where the whole family is and that's um out of the 30 years that i've been doing this work at all levels i haven't seen that or heard of that so that was very inspiring for me because we're we're giving a task to uh, give back you know that's that's our purpose is to you know what god is blessing us with it's not for us to hoard it you know what no matter what it is and like ryan said it's anybody, it's anybody that we come in contact with. It's not the, not just individuals and services. It's anybody, but that, that sticks out in, in my, in my mind right now.
4: I love that story. That's really cool. And I mean, it sounds like for you guys, seeing the work that's being done and the transformations, it must really just strengthen your faith so much because i hear you guys talking about it it comes out in your words and i'm sure though it's not all butterflies and roses and so how do you guys keep strong mentally for yourselves during tough times or maybe when something goes south somebody's not going to recover have you have you had those situations
2: yeah um recovery is a life lifelong process. And I think the uniqueness of our program, we are able to be with a person um, through a lifetime, you know, and we've had people who were very adamant about leaving our program. And we, you know, tried to do everything possible to keep them within one of the levels of our program. And they just decided to leave and getting word that the individual has passed away you know, getting or that they're really back heavily into their, you know, their life of uh, destruction per se. And um, yeah, it's like, wow, that person's, that person's gone. And we wish and hope that they would have stayed because maybe we could have helped them. But at the end of the day, if we give 110% and that person gives us zero and they're, they're adults, they're able to make their own decision and choices, even if they're court ordered, those are things that throughout this this lifetime of uh, doing this type of business, you've come acceptable to that you will lose at least 90% of your clients to something or just going back to the streets of drugs and alcohol or suffering severely a mental destruction or or passing away you know, via suicide or just the alcohol or drugs has have just taken over their bodies. We look back on it. We... Uh, reflect on good memories of those individuals. And then as far as the family that's left behind, Ryan and those guys are very good at reaching out to individuals and giving their moral support. And if there's any financial support that the family may need, we do that. But we have grown to have um, somewhat tough emotions through that point. And, you know, we just reach out and we just talk to each other between me and him and just, you know, reflect on those individuals. But it, it it's tough.
1: I just want to make sure I heard correctly. Did you say that 90% of individuals are not going to be successful? So you're looking at a 10% success rate of impact on people uh, long-term. Okay. That's mind-blowing because when I think about not, not from a What is or isn't happening within that individual, or from a service standpoint, but from a your ability as business owners to get up every day, and and well, first off, know that that ten percent or that ninety percent, it's not on you, but still, the reality is is that you're going to lose more than you keep, so to speak, and I think that that's incredible mindset for you to go out and say, you know what we are going to be here, we're going to service, we're going to serve those that we can and those that will stay and those that are committed, and find the grace and the compassion inside of your heart to say, and the rest, we just bless, you know, and we help in any other way we can, we bless and we bless the family that's left around them. Um, That's incredible, because I think most people go out and say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a difference, I'm gonna make an impact. And I just think that that's that's incredible that, that right. you guys can do that. One of the reasons why we started this podcast and we started it in the very beginning of COVID because we heard these business owners, we kept hearing these stories, some of which were our own clients of ways that business owners were adapting. And we thought, boy, we need to get these stories out here. That was really the genesis for the podcast. And the, what's, res, what's come as a result of that is stories like yours that other people can listen to and learn things about as a business owner. What can I pull from them? What can what can I use in their story and their success and their experience to grow and get more success out of my business, but also be more fulfilled in my process and going through it. And I think that's just a really important, a really important thing about what you guys said about the numbers. But one of the things that if you could just speak to If you were going to give someone advice, right? So other business owners listening in, how do you take care of your own mental health, especially in times like this? I mean, I don't know, especially with the news and where everything, where the world is at, it's really, really, really easy. I think it's easier than ever now to turn on the news or turn on social media and just immediately feel overwhelmed and immediately feel dejected and rejected and hopeless Um, so how do you take care of your own mental health while running a successful business? Because this is also a business that's 24 seven. When you're in the business of humans and addiction, it's 24 seven. How do you, you know, what advice would you, well, first off two parts, how do you take care of your own mental health and what advice would you give others right now and how they could take care of their own mental health while running their businesses?
2: I would say for me, believing in something that's much bigger than, what we see in this uh, natural world, which, which for me is God, every moment, every day, I'm tapping in, just like God, help me with such and such, help me with my own rebellious ways, because I can be hard headed when I'm listening to, you know, God, and then at the same time, I love to laugh. Ryan will tell you, I call him every morning, probably about five thirty, six in the morning, and I speak Spanish to him. <laughs> I know no Spanish at all. So it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> so I, know, I know no Spanish at all, none, none. <laughs> seeing you smile, hearing you smile, seeing my nephew smile, having loved ones, a core of loved ones around me that are very brutally honest about me not doing what I need to be doing or, or being off track or, you know, um, that's what helps me. And then working and doing something at, at my passion, even when those times do come, you know, it's easy for us to figure it out. I don't figure it out by myself. I got him, um, you know, i got my kids, you know, so I have a core of loved ones that want nothing but the best for me and what uh, I'm doing and our community and things like that.
1: So Leroy, yours is a belief in something bigger than what we may see. Oh, yeah. And just the ability to continue to laugh and smile Uh, and find and find joy in those moments in life as much as possible.
2: Oh yeah, I find joy in everything, especially harassing him. He just seriously.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: And Ryan, for you, what would what advice would you give business owners? How do you take care of your mental wellness in running a business? And what advice would you give other business owners and how they could take care of theirs?
3: Um. So. Initially, for me, it's, I, I try to stay grounded and like never forget where I came from. I, I have a strong belief uh, in God, so that's like the number one thing. Um, but my wife is like the superhero because whenever I'm frustrated or I'm mad or I'm not having a great day, she is there to listen to me in every capacity, and everything, the drama, the whatever comes along. She is the person I vent to. And that relieves a lot of stress from me. Um, when I go home, I can just talk to her about anything. You know, bros there to help me. You know, release those mental tensions and stresses and things of that nature. But having the family structure around you to help you, you know, that are, they they just want you just really want people to listen. I don't really need them to respond because I kind of know what I'm going to do as far as handling the situation. But in anger, you know, you vent and you want to talk about it and. A lot of times you don't want people to tell you what they want you to do. You just want them to hear you. Um, it's hard to deal with a lot of the things that comes with the business as far as mental health and things of that nature. I think a lot of it was, you know, me being in the military and dealing with high stress situations and trauma situations. Probably giving me almost a numb spirit to it, to where, you know, I'm able to deal with it, be compassionate about it, but I still deal with it where it doesn't affect me every single moment of the day. Now, when I go home, of course, you know, there's a serious decompression that goes on. um, And I use prayer to combat it because it is a very, very high stress um, job. You know, when you're dealing with people's mental illness and mood swings and behaviors, um, a lot of times people that I work with take it personal and I have to remind them that you cannot take what's happening personal because these people have mental issues. So it's not you, it's just their way of venting. And you have to just be there to listen and not take it personal. Or even if they come after you, just understand that it's the mental illness. They're not really upset with you.
1: That's great.
4: So Leroy, what message do you have for anyone who feels helpless, hopeless, and all alone?
2: I would say in that moment, I know that that person just feels like there is a, um, You know, joy won't come in the morning or joy won't come within the next 30 minutes and nobody wants to hear them. um, because they probably have reached out to so many people that they trust and, and they're not getting the support that they feel that they're that they need. And just speaking from my own experience, you know, there's been devastating things that have gone in my life, but I've had like again, my belief, my strong belief that even though that all hell is breaking loose in in my world and around me that, if you know, God really has me. And it's just that, that one little voice of uh, just telling me, just hold on. And there's those things that are called ants, automatic negative thoughts. They all plague us in certain situations. No matter how, how good things are going, it's always something that's plaguing us to think negative. And, if, and we have that control to come combat that. So I would say to anybody who's feeling hopeless, um, just, you know, tap into yourself. Remember those times where you were strong because we're all built in strength. You know, we're not, we're not weak individuals. We may do silly things that have um, affected our lives, but just tapping into, you know, just taking a moment and breathing and re- recalibrating yourself and, and reaching out. Always reach out. You're never alone. Never think that you are alone. There are so many people that love you and care for you. Keep reaching out.
1: Well, the world is so much better because of people like you and Leroy, both in it who choose to do this and who choose to answer the call in the face of so many people who are in need. And Ryan, just to close this out, <clears throat> what message do you have for anyone who feels hopeless, hopeless, and all
3: alone? There's help out there, and you're not. A, the, the number one thing I want to tell them is they're not alone. Um, there are so many people that deal with mental illness on a daily basis. Um, mm-hmm. There are people that deal with mental illness that could be the postman next door to you, or your neighbor, or you know your boss at your job, and you might not see it. Mental health is a very, very big um, deal these days because of the stress that's placed on society by so many different avenues that, you know, the world we live in. So just know that you're not alone and it's okay to ask for help. People are so afraid to ask for help because they feel like they'll be judged or or there will be some kind of stigma placed on them. But, you know, I, I would just tell them, you know, there's always help out there. Always reach out. There are people that will help you. There are people that will love to help you. Um, they just want to know that you need it. So don't ever be afraid to reach out and just remember you're not alone in this.
1: Mm-hmm. I think one of the most important points is that you don't need to have committed suicide or have a major addiction to want or need some sort of mental health support. There's even little challenges in every single day life. And, and if there's an area of your relationships or an area an area of your life, like your Mm -hmm. relationships or like your business you know like if you're always getting in fights at work or you know there's these pockets of our lives where it seems like everything else is going right but this one area it's not and you don't need to have a significant addiction or to have committed suicide to say hey i could i might be able to benefit from talking to somebody and the and the the value of mental health professionals that they bring is that they are that unbiased, you know, objective person, but they are so kind. They're so kind, they're so compassionate. And it's so nice to talk to somebody who doesn't judge you for what you say. And it, and is a champion of your life that, and our friends and our family, they do that and they do it wonderfully well. But in order to maybe move us mentally from, one, one way we're looking at things to another, talking to somebody, it can make a world of difference. I, and I believe in Kristen and I do uh, both. Like you, you, we have this saying, you can tell the people who've put in the work, you can hear it when you talk Mm -hmm. to them. And that means going in and putting that work into yourself. We go to the gym, we eat right. We take our vitamins, we pay our taxes, we save money. You know, you do all of these things, but so many of us don't take that step when it comes to our own mental wellness, especially being, especially trying to bring out some level of peak performance out of you as, as it requires to run a successful business. It does. You have to be at your peak performance in order to really run a successful company. And, and if that piece is missing um, it's, it's going to keep showing up in your life
4: in one way or another. I think it's important to, you know, speak very frankly. It is nice to speak to somebody who can help you sort through some challenges that you're having mentally or emotionally or in relationships, but it's actually critical that you pay attention to your mental health because it's a slippery slope. And I think if some things are, you know, kind of bothering you and you find that you have some patterns that you just don't like, and I just don't want to be this way. You're going to see that those are going to continue to get worse unless you address them and find out, you know, what the root of the problem is, what it draws back to in your life, because it really always does. So I, you know, all the gratitude in the world to um, the people who are in the mental health field. And um, I've seen counselors and um, psychiatrists myself, uh, because we have all been through hard times, all of us. And so, you know, I just want to say, thank you so much for what you guys are doing. And you took what happened to you or what you had been through or your own experience. And you said, this helped me so much. And my life is better because of it. And I actually have peace, which I think is the most important thing. And I want to share that with other people. You know, I, I, I like you guys see souls walking around and I just go, you know, that soul deserves the same grace that I've been given and the same gifts that I've been given. So it's really, really a great thing. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us and opening up.
1: Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming thank on the podcast. We appreciate you all both. Right, you.
2: And that's why we are all on a path of
0: resilience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it.
1: That's right. Right.
0: Hey, that's all for this episode of the Inspire the Vibe podcast. Special thanks to Leroy Davis and Ryan McNeil, the CEO and COO of A Path of Resilience Behavioral Health, for joining us this week. And if you or someone you know is in crisis, please have them reach out for help. We provided the contact information for A Path of Resilience in our show notes and on our website at inspiredvibe.com. That's inspiredvibe.com or call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Or if you're like Leroy and Ryan and you're a business owner who's ready to grow your business, feel confident about your brand's image, and reach new levels of success, then let's meet. Follow us at InspireTheVibe and send us a direct message or visit InspiredVibe.com. That's InspiredVibe.com and let's meet. You've given everything to your business. You deserve to see it succeed. Until next time, stay inspired.